Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Here we go again. Growing in Grace. Mike and Joel, the Cap and the Breeze Man, getting set for our uh, weekly casual discussion about the grace of God, the new covenant in which we stand. Of course, uh, we've been talking a lot about this new covenant. It's such a contrast from the old covenant. And as we go through this, Cap, it's just so clear. It's just so clear the way that and, and maybe it's because we've been through this several times, you and I, Cap, whether on the podcast, whether with a class at church, whether uh, just our, in our own discussions. We've talked about this a lot, but you see in the book of Hebrews that it's a book of contrasts. He's really trying to help the Hebrew people see, and, and, and I think it would have been more clear to them than it is to us now, whether they agreed with him or not, because there were Jews who did not believe. There were Hebrews who didn't believe what he said, but they would have understood. <laughs> this is a big thing he's talking about here. It used to be this way under the old covenant. Now it's the new covenant, and it's completely different. And so that's really what's going on here in, in the book of Hebrews. And as we've been looking at chapter 6, 7, and 8, and uh, 9 over the last few weeks, it just keeps on becoming more and more clear to me that the new is nothing like the old, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I mean, even even believers back in this first century church had a hard time, Jewish believers had a hard time, not so much necessarily with the idea of believing in Jesus, a lot of Jews did, but uh, those who did become believers did have a hard time of letting go of the law. Mm-hmm. And and Paul and other apostles, they, they would kind of argue these things out. Paul, of course, as we know, was was taught by revelation. And so uh, that's why we find most of the New Testament epistles and writings are are from the Apostle Paul. But we're in Hebrews 9 right now, and we kind of got started on this last week. But let's uh, jump in with verse 8 here, Joel. Um, By this, now the the writer just got done explaining some things about the old covenant and and, and the temple and the things in the temple and, and things related to it. The priests who, you know, did their thing with their rituals and duties and all of that, and, and explained that uh, even in verse seven, only the high priest uh, once a year would, would go into this one particular part of of the temple, and uh, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and also for the sins of the people. By this, verse eight of Hebrews nine, by this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. That was under the old. But they only dealt with food and drink and various washings, regulation for the body, imposed until the time of of Reformation. And then I like this, Joel, the next word in verse 11, but, Mm -hmm. but when Christ appeared as a high priest Mm -hmm. of the good things that have come, 
then through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, like what we were just talking about under the old, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Man, I I could sit here and read that over and over mm-hmm. again, I think, mm-hmm. and, and maybe extract something a little bit different from it each time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good stuff there. And that's that's because it's it's God's new covenant that is better, that's a more excellent ministry, and all those things we've been talking about. <laughs> it's so good what God has done for us. You know, the blood of bulls and goats, all this blood that was shed, the priest going in you know, once a year, not without blood, all of these things, like you were reading there in, in verse 9, talking about how it's it's symbolic. I like the, uh, we were, I was just looking in the New Living Translation, we were talking about that before we uh, started recording here. It says, this is an illustration pointing to the present time. So all of those things that happened under the Old Covenant was an illustration. It was symbolic, pointing to what would happen with Christ. All of those things in the Old Covenant couldn't take away sin, couldn't cleanse a person's conscience, because works could never do that. The blood of bulls and goats could never do that. The sacrifices offered by men could never do that as long as that first tabernacle was still standing. But, and I'm so glad you highlighted that word because it's so important, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. Again, it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats, but it was that one time that Jesus went in (laughs) with his own blood through which he obtained eternal redemption. And so that is what is so wonderful about the new covenant that you and I, that's, that's another reason why you and I can't mess it up because it's not about our own sacrifices. Even those priests who were set aside to do those sacrifices, it, what they offered wasn't good enough. And so if we think that anything that we can offer to God, whether it's our works, I mean, obviously we're not going to go around sacrificing bulls and goats in, in this day and age. But we think that somehow we can sacrifice ourselves enough to maintain our salvation. That's just not good enough. It, it can only be the blood of Jesus. And not only does it cleanse us to make us acceptable to God, but it, it's meant to cleanse our conscience. To cleanse your conscience, it says here, from dead works to serve the living God. And if I might, I'm just going to go back to chapter 6, the beginning of chapter 6, where he he starts with a therefore, and so you have to go back and read a lot of what he was talking about, but it really fits into what we're talking about here. Leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let's go on to perfection, not laying, again, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. (laughs) I mean, that is what is supposed to be what this new covenant is supposed to accomplish. We're supposed to realize that all the good works that we do can never cleanse us. They're known as dead works, because even the best of the best of the best of our works can never uh, make us acceptable to God, can never get us right with God, can never cleanse us. So they're dead works. And so 
we're meant to, with this blood of Jesus, getting back to chapter 9 here, our conscience is meant to be cleansed from those dead works so that we can serve the living God. (laughs) We think that our good works will help us to serve the living God, but it's really through our conscience being cleansed from those works that will actually serve the living God. Yeah, we've gone from a covenant of works, people trying to establish righteousness through what they do, to a covenant of faith. Remember that the law is not of faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, The law makes nothing perfect, yet we've been perfected through the the blood of Christ. Well, are you saying that works don't matter? No, we're, we're created in Christ Jesus. In Christ, we're created for good works. But don't confuse that with the the previous covenant. But back to to Hebrews 9 here, where you were starting to read some of this, and then you you brought that other passage in, which was great because it tied right into it. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So here, Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, right? Remember what we were talking about here at the beginning of of Hebrews 9, like basically through the first 10 chapters before we hit that big but, but when Christ appeared? um, the, the, The priest not only offered up sacrifices for the people, but for his own sins as well. But Jesus didn't have to do that because he he was without spot. He was without blemish. He offered himself his own perfect blood. Therefore, verse 15, he therefore, he said all that to say this, uh, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance Mm. since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant for where a will takes effect only at death since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive so therefore not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood so this is so cool joe because joel what they're saying is and I know we've talked about this in the past, but let's keep it in, in the context of what we're talking about here. If somebody today were to put you in their will, it would have no effect on you unless that person dies. The testator needed to die for the will to take effect and for you to receive what they wanted you to have. And that's how it was with Christ. That's why we know the new covenant didn't begin with his birth. It began with his death. That's when the, the testator died. Mm-hmm. That's the new covenant. When, uh, like you say, a, a testament. The, the word testament and covenant, when you see it in English in the Bible, uh, they're both the same Greek word. So a new covenant is actually a new testament. Of course, not to be confused with in your Bible, when you see the page that says the New Testament, some of that stuff, like we've talked about in the past, that Jesus did was still actually under the old covenant. But the actual covenant began with the death, not the birth, of Jesus. And so this new covenant came to effect, and it was, and it's new, and it's different, and it's better, it's more excellent than everything that was accomplished under that old covenant. The blood of bulls and goats being shed over and over and over again. These men, these priests, entering over and over again to offer sacrifices and that could never cleanse our conscience. It could never take away sin. 
and then in steps Jesus. That's what Jesus is all about, this testator. But the, the thing here to point out is that it wouldn't have been anything. This is why Jesus had to die. It wouldn't have meant anything without the death of Jesus, without the death of the testator. Uh, a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. And so while Jesus was still alive, that's why we see that the new covenant couldn't have been in effect yet. But when he died, then the new covenant came into effect, and we have all of these things that he's talking about here, cleansed uh, cleansed consciences, able to serve the living God because of our cleansed conscience. And uh, something that they couldn't do under the old. There's so much to bring out of all of this. We'll obviously uh, we'll continue with this because there's so many good things to bring out of chapter nine. There's a lot of good stuff in chapter ten that we'll get into. We're really excited to talk about all this stuff, and you can see why. You can understand why, uh, because again, like we've talked about this week and last week, we started off the podcast. I think talking more in depth about how a lot of the church, and, and we're not we're not trying to talk bad about the church, but a lot of the church doesn't seem to talk about this stuff, doesn't seem to get this, doesn't seem to preach it, uh, but it's right there, and it's very, very important for us to understand all of this stuff so that we understand the inheritance that we do have in Jesus Christ. So I hope you'll stay with us next week as we talk more about this wonderful new covenant right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.